and welcome to Land Parties, episode 149 from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my fantastic co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your weekend, my friend? How you doing, brother? I am doing well. Uh, my weekend was pretty good. It was it was busier than I anticipated, uh, but the good news is I still played a lot of Marvel Snap, so that was nice. the important thing. Uh, I did have a pretty uh, major crisis uh, gaming-wise in my world uh, oh. upon reading a bunch of reactions to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, it appears they had a pretty rocky launch, which is a rarity... <laughs> uh for for that series to the point where um i'm gonna be honest with you i'm kind of waiting for a patch <laughs> like yeah uh i i'm honestly i'm i'm really really surprised uh I, i'd be interested to to know whether uh do we need like a, a revision do we need a switch pro like is this gonna be an issue going forward with other games or did game freak drop the ball uh so you know what? I, I'm still going to buy them, but uh, I'm kind of just waiting for things to stabilize. But Ryan, I know you had a very busy weekend. How was the big trip? It was good. Uh, first time to Canada. I ate poutine like every day. It was fantastic. I couldn't get enough of it. It's like all my favorite things together. Potatoes, cheese, gravy, uh, meat. Like it was, it was fantastic. But all in all, it was a fantastic wedding. Uh, I, I was telling you earlier, crazy or crazy story that I ended up running into an old friend, Awinia, uh, that I used to play Overwatch with. So this is our first time meeting in person. She recognized me at the airport and was like, "Hey, uh, crazy story. I could have sworn I saw you at the airport." And I was like, "Well, I am at the airport." Uh, so that was awesome. Got to meet up with another buddy of mine walking Sugar Cube. Uh, he showed me around downtown Vancouver. We ate some more poutine. Um, <laughs> and then at the wedding, I, I met another um, uh, streamer as well. I, I, I need to double check what her name is. I think it's like Elfmane or, or, or something uh, of that sort. But all in all, it was a great trip. Uh, beautiful, beautiful uh country and and place really really nice people i find myself having to temper my own aggressive aggression when driving because they were so nice it's like whoa i don't have to be so aggressive this isn't las vegas like oh after you go ahead and you know all that so it, it, it was great and it wasn't too cold either so it was still cold don't get me wrong but it wasn't as cold as it could be so uh, overall, it was good. It is it, 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 interesting that you say that about um, Scarlet and Violet because I saw some of the reviews and I saw the the uh, score and I was like, whoa, like what is going on with that? Like that is very not like them to come out to just bad reviews like that. So it's definitely concerning seeing that they drop the product that is already having issues i saw that they're you know folks are, are talking about problems that they had graphic issues so i think you're smart in waiting for them to get that stuff figured out and and fixed before spending them ducats you know because if we know one thing about nintendo games it, it it does not happen very often when they are on sale so a lot of times even if you wait the time out a lot of times you're going to end up paying full price for this game 
whenever. So if you're going to be and if you're going to end up paying that full price, it better be for a product that's worth that full price. I'm just saying. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this obviously as, as much as that series means to me, I do not want to jump into this and have a really frustrating time, uh, mm-hmm. mainly because I probably would stop and, and probably wouldn't come back. Like there's just mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about our backlogs all the time. There's just too much stuff to move on to if, if a game's going to struggle out of the gate and doesn't pull you in. So uh, hopefully they can get some of this stuff corrected. Uh, uh, you know, as I said, it, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if this is a larger issue with the Switch hardware, or was mm-hmm. this more on they rushed it? I mean, this is their second major Pokemon drop uh, in a very compact uh, amount of time, so maybe they were overreaching, being a little too ambitious. Uh, if not, uh, maybe maybe we do need a Switch 2 or a Switch Pro or something, because if, if this starts happening... Uh, and uh, not great for the Switch's uh, prospects then. I mean, I'm leaning more towards, because they knew what the hardware or the hardware and the capabilities of the hardware is, you know, in terms of the the Switch and, and everything that it's got. So they've made plenty of games that have been optimized and worked well. This sounds like either, it, I don't know, maybe it is, and maybe it's just that oversaturation and them pulling themselves a little too thin to where they didn't get to put as much focus and care as they typically do into their games because they did have so many drops. So it's unfortunate to see a mistake like that because you're right this is something where it could be brand damaging or just leave a nasty taste in people's mouths where they'd be a lot more hesitant in the future and and be like you know let's wait and see what this is about instead of doing the pre-orders or just knowing that they're going to get a solid game so i would say user experience wise too i think the option to wait it out is the smart one let them do some hot fixes, let them get some patches in and then go in and have that good experience that you have come to love and expect uh, from that studio. I, I will say this uh, to my girlfriend. See, I'm waiting to buy it. So assuming <laughs> a patch comes before Christmas, uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the timing's going to work out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Yo, so it, this was totally off of our radar, and I don't know, because I, I, I've never played them before, but the devil in me actually just dropped. It's crazy, too. Number one, we had Jason on. Didn't even, didn't, we talked about the series a little bit, but we did not talk about it in the context of him creating the music. We talked about it with him and his kids and how they're going to get it immediately because they can't wait to play it. So it is officially out now. And this is a series, this is definitely, we speaking of backlog, this is a series that's definitely on my backlog. I want to be able to start from the beginning. And I don't know now if, because uh, this isn't an anthology, so I assume that each game is its own entity, but it's within essentially a bigger universe. Is, is that correct in, in my understanding? Okay. So it's within the same universe, just different stories from within that universe. And these these games are gorgeous. If you know me at all, I absolutely love the choose-your-own-adventure games. So this game is so far up my alley. Uh the graphics 
amazing. They do a great job with this. I know the stories are good. And I've got a lot of friends that actually have gone through and that play this series. So this is one that I don't know if they then go and continue making more within the anthology or I, I would imagine so because otherwise then it would just be a trilogy, right? Because there's only three or are there four of them? Ooh, that's a good question. I think there's three. Okay. Okay. So this is the third in the series. I always, I, I kind of confuse this with the, what's the other one? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Man of Madon? No, that's the same thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, like, like okay. Until Dawn kind of started, I feel like, or kind of renewed the interest in it, uh, mm-hmm. in this kind of genre of, of type of game. Um, yeah, no, it 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 is. It's been well received the anthology so far. So you'd imagine they'd keep pushing these out. Uh, and clearly, Jason knows what he's doing, crafting some creepy and moody music uh, through mm-hmm. the years. Uh, also, by the way, can we just point out Jason Graves? If there was a man born to be a horror music composer, it might be him. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. These are. Th- sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say yeah. It you know the the these types of games are are always a lot of fun. Uh, there's obviously a, a high level replayability because you want different outcomes or just kind of mess around with different choices. Uh, so I can see why it's been popular and and hopefully this is another a high mark for them and they can keep going with it. Do you know is this game com- is it co-op or is it a single player game? Ooh, I don't know that. Because I know some of them, or one of them, I believe, may be co-op uh, or have the ability to even have uh, another player. I don't know what that looks like exactly. But, I mean, as you can tell, I love these. And I love the fact that these choose-your-own-adventure-type games have gained in, gained popularity. It's not all about action and pew-pew-pew and this and that. You're getting a great narrative where, you know, like you're saying there is this replayability to them just to see if you make a different decision, how it impacts the story. So, cause I'm the one that really doesn't go back. Once I finish the game, I walk away. I keep moving forward and, and move on to the next game. But games like these kind of, they make me want to come back to see more. Cause I, I mean, look at, uh, as dust falls, you know, they have different scenarios and different things that will then change the outcome of how things go not only that but then of course with the the twitch um integration within it as well to being able to have up to eight players making decisions with you i i hope games like these continue to expand like that where it does become more of a almost like a you could do like a dinner party murder mystery you know the type thing like i think that would be really cool it would. It really would. You know, I think there's always that inherent uh, draw to games like this, uh, and it does. It brings back such good memories of like the the old choose your adventure books from when we were all growing up. Uh, and I, you know what? I I know this is taking things back, but I just I just remember until dawn and having so much fun with that, and mm-hmm. and playing alongside my girlfriend, trying to keep everybody alive, and trying to figure out what the right choice is, uh, and. Yeah, no, I love I love these kinds of games. I'm glad it's found uh it, it seems to have found its stride with this anthology. And as you were saying, hopefully we see other games kind of uh innovate and bring in, you know, group decisions to kind of add to 
the the uh, entertainment value of them. So it's exciting future for the genre. Absolutely. It is out now. Make sure you pick it up, especially if you're playing. I'm sure you're already on top of this. But if you if you're not familiar with this anthology, highly recommend going back and checking out the other ones and moving forward. I don't know if you necessarily need to play them in order per se, because I they are different stories. But for me, I'm always the guys like, yo, I gotta I, I have to start from the beginning and then progress as the games came out, just so I can have that authentic experience. <laughs> Switching gears, though, we got the uh, we got the uh, next wave for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I, number one, let me just say that I love the fact that they're doing this. I said this years ago. I was like, look, we live in a time where, it, you know, it's the Internet and, and this and that. We don't need a new game every year. Build into the current game that you have. And I'm glad that they're bringing back tracks and, and, and um, different courses that throughout the the Mario Kart, uh, I, I guess, lifetime, which is fantastic. This one seems to be a little more geared. This is this is drop three and or wave three. This one, I know that this uh, has a 64, not 64, I'm sorry, but the Wii Maple, Maple Tree Way. Uh, very familiar with that. I played the Wii one very extensively, but it has multiple Game Boy Advance and DS, which I never played those courses. So, for me, that's always exciting. Number one, I'm getting an opportunity to play these courses from these systems that I never had an opportunity to play before. So it's like it, it, it feels brand new. It's a new course, new thing to to learn and, and figure out and whatnot. But this is also a part of the expansion uh, that Nintendo laid out here not too long ago. So if you are paying for that, that I think it's the family pass, which comes with the expansion and whatnot. Um, or you can buy this, you can purchase this separately as well. It's just going to be a little more costly, but it comes with the expansion. Uh, the value is absolutely there. I hope they continue building into this infrastructure once they get in a feel that they, you know, after this, because we're supposed to get, I think a total of 40 something new tracks, essentially it's six waves, I believe. Yeah. So once they get through that, I'm curious to see if they then move forward with building in new tracks altogether, or do they continue looking to the past and basically porting over old levels, uh, which it always has that, that great nostalgia. But I also would love for them to start building in some new courses altogether. I think it would be really cool. I, I don't know. Is this does this get you pumped at all? It does. You know, I think it's really fun that they're giving you a reason to keep coming back to this game. If nothing else, yeah. you know, to try out the tracks once they drop. Uh, like you were saying, especially the the handheld tracks uh, that I, I don't think as, as nearly as many people would be familiar with than some of the home console ones. Uh, so mm -hmm. giving those new life. Uh, for a lot of us are, are kind of like seeing brand new tracks just because we never played them on handhelds uh, and to see them and know that they're like built now for the switch, you know, redesigned and improved. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, you know, we've said this before that Nintendo's online offerings do lag behind Sony and Xbox, but stuff like this at least get, gives them much more of a, a good value feeling uh, than without them. Uh, so I think they're being really smart by bundling it with that, uh, at least for if to get it at no additional charge there. Uh, so I love it. You know, Mario Kart 8 is 
one of the best games on the Switch this generation, uh, and to keep, give it more life. I mean, great decision by them. I would love to see them bring in new tracks, like you were saying, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, maybe after we're done with the 48, maybe it can be a mix. Uh, or mm. maybe they can, hopefully they've been working on new tracks this whole time since they bought right. themselves some time there. Uh, but um, amazing decision. Uh, people love the series. And I mean, any excuse to go play it some more, uh, we'll take it. Well, not only that, but that also, I feel like it also spices up the online and competitive play within this game, too. When you're bringing in new tracks, it starts, it changes di- the dynamic um, of the game. So, especially someone like me that hasn't played a lot of these tracks, getting these in like a competitive setting and I'm not playing that much would be brutal for me. Because I'm not familiar with them, so I would I would struggle for sure. But what's nice is I do have the things, so I do look forward to going in and, and playing it. And then I can always do the cups and stuff like that too. So you'll get bonus rewards and and you know new tires and new accessories and things like that. So uh, we'll see what they what they continue doing with this. Again, we've got another three drops uh, by the end of next year. So. There's all kinds of, and and each drop, I believe they bring in eight new maps. So uh, lots of content still coming their way through that. This is awesome to see. It's awesome to have that nice, steady flow coming from Mario Kart. Um, Like you were saying, it just gives you a reason to go back and re-explore it and go back and, and you know, try some of the tracks that you've never played before or try some of the tracks that you have played before. So good to see it. That comes out December 7th uh, here. That's only a, a couple weeks now. So uh, it should be good. I'll be all over that. Also, real quick, too, and, and I, I I just wanted to shift real quick. I just wanted to, um, you know, again, condolences uh, as well for uh, uh, the passing of uh, Jason David Frank. I know if you're like me, I was a huge Power Ranger fan. Uh, I had the opportunity. I know you you did as well, Lucas, to uh, uh, meet him in person. He was a great dude. Um, so definitely, definitely uh, sending our condolences to the family and those that are affected uh, by his loss. Totally agree with that. You know, I, I think, I mean, I, I only met him once, but I think the thing that stood out to me was that he embraced that whole fandom. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some people that, that kind of shy away through the years. He 100% embraced. I mean, he kept, he kept coming back for multiple iterations, uh, making mm-hmm. cameos and, and whatnot, uh, and uh, was just, just seemed like such a, a, a genuinely cool guy and, and nice and and uh took time with fans you know it wasn't just a kind of a rushed hey you know shake your hand take your photo get out uh he would he was mm-hmm. willing to kind of sit and talk which uh i always admired about him too and uh like you said condolences to everybody involved he's he was the ultimate ranger let's let's be honest there like he was he was the even right from the beginning when, when he was bad with the green ranger he was just the <laughs> he was the cool one no matter what he was <laughs> He was the cool one. Every everybody like I don't know anybody that wasn't a Green Ranger. And then when he he turned into the White Ranger, like it's just it's crazy because that is like a, a you know just a, a loss from just from your childhood and someone that you feel like. I mean, again, we didn't grow up with him, but 
you know, it almost felt like it because they, we, we welcomed them into our home uh, via these shows. And I was that nerd that had, I had Power Ranger curtains. People, I got made fun of it uh, for it. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because when I lived in Okinawa and I did not like Power Rangers. It wasn't until I moved to the States that I actually like started watching. I was like, oh, this is great. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I was the same way. My my parents. Oh, bless their hearts. One Christmas <laughs> got us the five of the, the original, the five action figures. I don't oh. know how they found them, uh, took them to see the first couple movies at the theater, which I'm sure they enjoyed immensely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Those are great. Right. And, and it's, it's amazing to me that the that it, the series is still going. I know, I know. I didn't realize uh, it had been a while since I'd actually caught up. Although I did watch the movies, um, but I didn't. I I hadn't watched the show in years. But uh, I was like, man, I was like, I had no idea that they're you know that they like oh they they've done a lot with that show. Like it, it is still going strong. But um, anyway, we just we just wanted to send out our condolences um uh to the family as well but let's take a quick commercial break we're gonna head out on the back end we're sitting down with tom badinger uh talking all things that he's got going on we'll be right back y'all Welcome back, everybody. Now comes the fun part of the episode. We are joined by a very special guest today. You know him as F. Thomas Badinger is joining us. Thomas, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? I'm I'm chilling, man. First of all, thank you for having me for sure. And uh, shouts to the intro. A very special. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that and run with it. Weekend was good. You know, I was I was working. I was hanging out with the homies over uh, at ESL in 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 L.A. And I just got back, and so we're we're here for a little bit of time before I head out to my next engagement. So just a, a day in the A to recharge, and then heading back out. Well, speaking of future engagements, we are all looking forward to seeing you out in Las Vegas in December for the esports awards. Uh, let me start there, Thomas. How did how did your relationship with the esports awards start, and what has it been like working with with such a uh, what seems like an awesome organization there? Yeah, straight up, I only have positive things to say about the esports awards, and and uh, I mean. Yeah, they employ me, but like it's really it's really just a friend like it's hard to explain how real they are. But I love the story and I'm I'm glad I got a chance to tell this. I was working at some like I was working at a developer, shout out to like the four people that play Smite, and I was local to North Atlanta. And the Esports Awards was doing an interview with the CEO of Scuff. And they had a very accomplished and a very storied and a very talented woman coming through to do the interview. Her name is Lottie Von Prague. She does Halo. I uh, used to do Call of Duty. And I was, at the time, absolutely a nobody. Maybe you played Smite. You probably didn't. Like, really in the trenches. Not, not even being self-deprecating, just being realistic. Kind of like, in my own corner of the world, ain't nobody know who I am. Anyway... 
Lottie Plane doesn't, it doesn't line up. She cannot be there for said interview on time. Not not her fault, of course. But like, things just, somebody needed a local Atlanta guy. And, you know, I was the guy at work that was like, all right, I'll, I'll take a PTO day and go do this thing and, you know, see what happens. And, um, well, I, 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 I don't think I screwed it up because I'm still here, but yeah, we, we, we did the interview and, and the esports folks were like, who are you? And I was just like, Hey, what's up? They're like, how, how long have you been doing this? I'm like a couple years. They're like, words you're pretty good you want to like stick around and and do the next segment lottie had shown up and her myself and and uh duncan the ceo of scuff kind of talked about like player of the year this that and a third and like you know that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship as they said once upon a time and ever since then i've kind of been esports awards go-to guy to kind of present their content throughout the year and the past couple of years they've invited me to be on stage at the big show itself and so i've really kind of ascended um to this level of of uh you know i i I don't i always feel really arrogant when i say this but people have called me like the face you know of of the esports awards content and stuff and that's really just a matter of you know luck and and here we are so a lot of fun stuff i I love that story because i think it's very quintessential esports right place right time right I love that. When when was that first interview? 2018, I want to say. I'm I either either 2018 or 2017. Time is a blur, especially the past couple of years. But I want to say like 2018 maybe. Uh 2019 I did maybe one or two other things and then online and then 2020 I was there every month with uh gabriella latigra gabby latigris she does leave mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and her and i go way back so we did it like once a month content very cool and then this year has just been me front and center with two i usually come on with two much more accomplished people flanking me as we discuss that monthly piece of content esports awards or something once a month to kind of stay in the zeitgeist so to speak which yeah, that totally makes sense, and and it, it's such a it's such a huge event, and each year just seeing it grow and and get bigger and and you know go to new places and things like that is is really exciting, and the whole space in itself, esports, video games, especially with the last few years, has really been thrusted into the spotlight. So to be able to then take on you know such a role and and like you're saying kind of be that face of you know of the award show and getting out there having these conversations with people being able to just get together and celebrate uh especially in a city like las vegas uh you know what are you anticipating what are you excited about and what could what do you think people can look forward to uh coming up here in a couple weeks i mean real talk i am it I am very, I, it's funny. Like I accept my, my, my role very, very graciously um, Mm -hmm. because I legitimately believe in not just this squad, but because it's filled with like really passionate people, but I believe in the idea of it all. Every idiot on LinkedIn calls themselves a storyteller, but like (laughs) real talk, 
I'm a storyteller. Like that's <laughs> that's what it, that's what entices me about sports. That's what like makes me excited about what we do. Is you know, I I I, I do I live for the double script uh, slip screen slam dunk? Sure, but I really really live for the drama between Carmelo and and, and Amari. Like, mm. do I live for the intricate B retake? Yes, but I really live for the story of simple. And so like that really is kind of what we're doing when we celebrate the esports awards and we can talk about like self-congratulatory industry pat on the back award shows and stuff but like that's neither here nor there i do Mm -hmm. think it's 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 awesome to kind of celebrate what we do so many different people and talented folks in the industry for sure but for me sounds political but i swear it's not if you're nominated you won (laughs) i really don't care who wins nomination means you are good enough, prominent enough, and gosh darn it, people like you enough. Shout out to the old people that get that. Like, <laughs> that you have been noticed. And that, I think, is the actual win when it comes to the esports awards. So, what do I look forward to when it comes to the actual event? The meeting of the minds. Like, mm-hmm. if you turn back the page, all of esports used to be at. Dreamhack or, or or PAX and you would do your you would do your show and then you would go and watch somebody else's show and then you would all go eat Korean barbecue with seven different scenes. Now esports is big. League of Legends just sold out State Farm Arena right. where the Hawks play down right. the block. And so no longer we still have these dream hacks and stuff, but when we talk about the the upper echelon, we're we're siloed in our individual spaces. League of Legends is not at the same tournament that Call of Duty is at because they're both selling out arenas. And that's awesome. But we do lose a little bit of that community element that is what got us here. And so where else are you going to find a Call of Duty professional player fanboying over a StarCraft II commentator? Where else mm-hmm. can you see Nadeshot hang out with Dota 2 cosplayers? And... There is also a, a a a tiny little bullet point line that I will address that also we're on camera all the time. Esports Award right. gives us a chance to like hang out backstage with with people that we've seen on screen, but like, you know, nobody gets too crazy and there's never but like kick back, have a few drinks and like cameras, you know, on stage, sure. But after the party, like it's just us hanging out, mixing, mingling, trading ideas about what it is that we love to do. And I think that that's, you know, really special in a lot of different ways, but I really lean heavily on the idea that it's, it's a, it's a meeting point for the industry that kind of really needs it. Yeah. Well, I I think you make a great point, Thomas, just in the fact that, you know, you say it's an opportunity for people to be able to experience and see these characters uh, within the sport. And it's something that Lucas and I have discussed multiple times, just how especially esports in in the Western Hemisphere seems to be missing those characters that people can just connect to your superstar LeBron or, you know, these characters. And they're not just following them in sports. They're following their life. They're following, you know, things that they're doing outside of it as well and it's so needed i'm you know i love the fact that you guys do something like this because it really does boost and and put these people in the spotlight to where people can look at them and say hey you know what's this person got going on what's going on esports oh this person's also doing this or that like you know just to see that evolution yeah tell, tell me about it 
No, I, I I love that. I always say all the time, you know, anybody like care about the pixels, we care about the people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're watching League of Legends. Sure, you might be a fan of of Rise or Azir because you play it a lot, but you're cheering on Faker, the mm-hmm. person, right? You know, you're you're cheering on these people, not just the avatar in the game. And once you open that up, you know, that's that is that's sport. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I grew up and, and was told to be more like Derek Jeter because he was such a nice young man, you know, mm-hmm. like Carmelo Anthony was a, was a, a, a formative person as I grew up as a young person in New York city, like looking at how to react when people treat you poorly, you know, mm-hmm. th- things like this. And wait a second, he's famous for throwing a ball, right? Not for actually instilling, you know? And so when we come mm-hmm. to esports, it's the same thing. We need to see these these players as people and humanize them and tell those stories because, I mean, ever since, you know, Henry at bat or Matt Christopher, like sports is a dramatic soap opera and it only gets better when you add the human element to the gameplay for sure. Absolutely. You know, being a Vegas-based podcast, uh, we obviously we've seen the esports awards grow and evolve, and and uh, into to what it is becoming today. How big is it that this the show is arriving here in Las Vegas, not just in Las Vegas, but on the Strip, and not even just on the Strip, but on the Strip's newest resort uh, for all the glitz and glamour that comes with that. It, it it's huge. It's absolutely big, and I mean, I come from a lot of. DIY style backgrounds. I used to play a lot of punk rock music. I used to play a lot of rap music and both of those elements are very, we're from, we're from our neighborhood. We're doing grassroots type stuff. We're doing it out of passion. I don't really care if you invite me to the table or not. And esports has largely done that. Esports doesn't need anybody's validation. The conversation of is esports sports or not? I don't care. Someone else can have that conversation on a different podcast because at the end of the day, I think it's dope and that's what matters. It has good people and that's what matters. However, a little bit of validation always feels good. Right. And so Mm -hmm. to be on the strip to see some of my friends that work their tails off to create, you know, great stuff their names are going to be on the Vegas strip. Like that is Las Vegas is a cultural institution. These things mm-hmm. mean something as an artist, as a musician playing in Carnegie hall means something as a basketball player playing in Madison square garden means something. And I'm using a lot of New York references cause that's where I'm from. But if you ask me like big entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas is absolutely going to be one of them. And if you're talking about an award show, in my mind, I think, well, Grumman's Chinese Theater, Radio City Music Hall, and somewhere in Vegas on the Strip (laughs) are the three things in my mind. So, yes, this is an absurd nod to the idea that it's not validation that we seek, but the high five on the way that we were already running, that's Mm -hmm. pretty sick. Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's fun because Ryan and I have talked about this before as Vegas has kind of started to embrace esports more in general. Uh, You know, obviously Evo has been out here for years, uh, but we're seeing more and more conferences come out here. Uh, We're seeing teams move out here. Do you do you have thoughts on on 
if Vegas can be strategically important in, in the esports world is just in a larger sense and, and what it will take for them to really position themselves to be in, in the best possible spot? I mean, I, I think Vegas absolutely. I mean, like I said, you're already you're already starting up a couple of rungs up the ladder. There are cities like Minneapolis and I mean, even Atlanta here that are trying mm-hmm. to be a big esports city. And I really love my time in the Twin Cities. But if you tell a bunch of people in entertainment, Minneapolis or Las Vegas, I'm going to guess <laughs> it's more about where the Golden Knights play. So, you know, I think there's some like, you know, how you want to say just a just a natural racial bonus there for being mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. So, yes, I, I think just by starting out, that is pretty cool. You also have. Good infrastructure as far as airport is concerned. That's kind of right. numero uno. Access to the city is big. Don't know. Esports is a world of freelancers, and mm-hmm. you keep a lot more of your money living in Nevada. So that is absolutely also something you think about when you start talking about you know building larger infrastructure. People might relocate to your location because there's a right. lot of work there. That's something that creators think about all the time. Austin is popping right now because Texas doesn't take any income tax. And I mean, Austin's pretty cool too, but that is a big element as well. You have to look at the financial aspect for sure. Also, we can talk about like sports gambling laws and how Vegas is pretty open to that stuff. And in the world specifically of Counter-Strike, there's a lot of gambling going on. Whether that's a positive, negative, or a neutral is a different conversation, but that's definitely an element that totally does play into it. So I think there's a lot of variables that, that totally do work in the direction of making Vegas a big spot. And also, like I said, I mean, just who doesn't want to go to Vegas to do an event? Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, shifting gears just a little bit. Uh, not only, you know, are you, are you working fronting uh, just these, these shows and uh, commentating, um, but you've also worked in, in voiceover as well. Uh, I know uh, bad blood, the movie paladin champion of the realm uh, voice and smite as well, which is awesome. The fact that you, you know, you played it and then you got to be a part of it. And then I mean, you, you completely engrossed yourself in it. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. Tell me what, what was that experience like how did it like how did it like how did it come to be uh well i mean so two kind of avenues here smite and i that is my sort of like you know marvel origin story i yeah. uh i that was what got me involved in esports that was what got me jumped in and i started as just kind of like a content creator uh and that got me pulled into the fold as far as 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 esports is concerned i primarily did play-by-play um mm-hmm. and you know it's play-by-play it's play-by-play and so i did play-by-play um and then th- at the time which is very different when you look at the landscape of esports today and every other company we were full-time employees at high-res studios the developer that makes smite and okay. so i was in the studio it's actually what moved me down to the south not much would have taken me out of New York, but a job in video games did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we moved down to North Georgia, uh, Migos country, and we did some like just commentary, but we were in the studio all day, every day. And also esports is community. Esports mm-hmm. is always about community. And so as a commentator, you're commentating 
So at the time, <clears throat> we had a North American Pro League, a North American Minor League, a European Pro League, a European Minor League, an Xbox Pro League, an Xbox Minor League, a PlayStation Pro League, a PlayStation Minor League, wow, and European versions of those consoles. So we had <laughs> 13 leagues, kind of. So wow. we're on screen a lot. And yeah. fans obviously, you know, become we start becoming, you know, just as large as the players in that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so Smite was like, hey, what if we put your, you know, face in the game so people can buy it as an in-game avatar? And well, it sells because we are just on screen. So and so that lent itself to like, you want to do more stuff in the game, and there's an announcer pack, and there's and 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 different avenues there. And so that's kind of just that was an absurd that's something crazy because I've done <laughs> acting before, but this was me. And it was, it was a real, like, it was a real humbling moment for me. Like I still, this is, you know, five, six years removed from, from doing these things. But like Smite was a game that I had played even bef before it was a job. I have, I don't know if I should admit this, like 9,000 <laughs> hours in the game. Like, I played a lot of Smite. They fired me, and I still play Smite. I just love the game, dude. Like, so when you love a game that much, and then you're 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 in it, like, yeah. like my 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 friends from from high school, a couple of them messaged me and was like, "Bro, are you the announcer in this Xbox game I'm playing?" And I'm like, "Yes, dog. That's me." And like that is wild to to like yes just just a, i'm just a kid from new york like that is insane to me that that somebody would would spend the 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 six dollars and then choose to have me as as this is very self-grandiose but i i still get kind of like whoa about it yeah. the other stuff you know i've i uh i've always been an artist i went to art school i was heavy into uh acting and such and so the other like voice acting stuff bad blood was actually um a live movie you know that that's much more my wheelhouse that's like yeah i'm on stage just like always dude but me kind of repping and being myself in smite is kind of wild so yeah <laughs> It's insane. It's still insane, dude. Like <laughs> speaking uh, of being an, an artist here, music has been part of your story too. Uh, can you kind of go in, into that? And and uh, when you earlier on in your career here, was this a path that you always saw yourself taking, or if not, how did that kind of start to become more realistic in your eyes? Yeah, word. Um, one kind of leads to the other, for sure. Um, as a kid, I was always told and embraced that I was a musician. I started playing instruments from a very young age. Um, I'm a classically, playing, classically trained pianist from, like, the, fourth, the third grade, started playing, or earlier than that, maybe, like, first or second grade, started playing trumpet around the same time. And fell in love with music. You know, my father used to listen to old rock music and, and a lot of jazz. And so I was surrounded by Dizzy Gillespie and Billie Holiday and, and Duke Ellington. And so 
you know, I, of course I ran to the trumpet, um, and the mm-hmm. piano and that really, I, <laughs> I was, a, I was a little emo kid. I had a lot of emotions to express and music is, um, I always say music was my first language and, and I really learned how to like express myself through, through that. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I seek to, to learn and learn and learn. And so I did music all the way up. I play a slew of instruments, um, in my teens and early twenties, I did a lot of rock music. Um, we played with like the Long Island, New York city, hardcore scene, a lot mm-hmm. of like dudes screaming over guitars, a lot of rhythm beats. I also made a lot of rap music and, you know, have, have some songs out there and, and stuff like that. And so that was what my plan was. I did really well on the SATs and had no intention of going to college because I was going to do music. And so at 18, I started go- doing full-time um, producing for my buddy who is still out there rapping. Shout out to mm-hmm. my man, Reza. He's very successful, uh, specifically in Europe doing a lot of cool stuff and i started playing rock music and touring with a rock band and then like mid-20s came and i was i didn't fail as a musician but Mm i i really didn't succeed and so i was just kind of looking for that next thing i knew i couldn't be a member of the rat race i knew i couldn't sit in a cubicle and file tps reports all day i knew i would rather I would rather couch surf, be homeless than than work as a capitalist cog in a machine that I am not taking part in. And uh, those words may or may not have come to fruition at a certain point in time. <laughs> but mid-20s hit, and so I was like, all right, do something with yourself. I decided to go to school. Well, I signed up for school. Did I actually go? It's a different conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I started going to school for sports broadcasting, actually. Nice. I figured that was the the realistic, like, I wanted to be a, a rap star or, or a rock guy or an actor, but, like, don't be stupid. So I right. figured working in entertainment, adjacent, I'll go for sports broadcasting and, like, work the board at CBS Radio and, you know, be happy. Whatever, dude. Well... I came back, and so as a kid, I used to be a big nerd, played a lot of World of Warcraft and Counter-Strike and all this stuff around the early 2000s. And that was, things were happening, but it was like the, the, the like Old Testament, so to speak, of esports. Right. A lot of the pop-off, Twitch.tv was a website called Justin TV beforehand. Yep. A lot of that pop-off happened between the years of like the late 2000s, like oh, like 07 to like 2011 2012 yeah those are the exact years i took off to do music (laughs) (laughs) and so i just like logged the heck out for the entirety of those years and i used to like world of warcraft was my main game and we used to sit there and i was part of a competitive rating guild and we used to Mm -hmm. sit there and and invent and mumble and whatever protocol we were using just be like dude, this is a TV show. Like, we have an ensemble of fun people who are having a good time playing this game. Like, man, wouldn't this be funny if this was a TV show? Now it is. Mm-hmm. You know how mad mm-hmm. I am? <laughs> mm-hmm. I look at Asmin Gold and OTK, and I'm like, could have been us if I, like, was more talented <laughs> like you. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I just happened to, like, take that moment off. And so I came back, and it was kind of just like, 
it wasn't fully spinning, but it mm-hmm. was like, you know, already going. And I was yeah. like, hmm. Hmm. This is kind of <laughs> my zone. We got to figure it out. And so yeah. um, it was definitely a calculated move i do not want to cast any aspersions that boy just got lucky right boy kind of got lucky but luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation Uh and essentially what happened was i knew that i had some sort of talent for you know entertainment or, or or something i've i've dabbled a lot in you know all sorts of performing arts and funny enough before the world of streaming me and the homies used to sit in the basement like we would have parties like any other kids but we Mm -hmm. would play call of duty free for all and one guy would have the controller and the other guy would have the mic and all of our friends would sit behind us and just watch us talk smack and play games that's a that's an industry now that's an entire industry now and it's and for us it was like Oh, six kids were playing beer pong and watching us stream essentially, but live in person. And so I come back and I see this world of streaming going on and I'm like, Hey, yo, I've already done this. Like I can kind of like, let's jump in. And so I played Dota when it was a a Warcraft three mod showing my age. I'm a boomer, (laughs) but like, you know, I played counter-strike. We're already here. So I played 1.6, you know, I played, I played all that stuff. And so I'm like, all right, like let's let let's find a game, and 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 I start you know putting on my putting on my business hat, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you are talented. Let's you have to you have to you have to be arrogant enough to think that you are talented if you ever want to be a performing artist. Because why would anybody listen to you if you're not? Even Bob Dylan right. thought he was a great singer. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, base level, I can do this. But how many how many you know Arethas are serving tables because they haven't gotten their their big shot yet right so you got to put yourself in the right arena so i didn't stream i didn't stream league i didn't stream counter-strike i didn't stream whatever was the biggest game i found the game that had that was low enough on the list that i would actually make an impact when i came in but also i didn't stream a game nobody's ever heard of right smite was perfectly positioned right below where it wasn't a saturated market i could actually make an impact and also i mean straight up i loved the game i liked what it was about and i offered something unique and so i definitely you know chose smite specifically i liked the game before i decided to take it as a, as a profession but mm-hmm. that was all very intentional and so I come off I come off the music thing. I start doing school and I decide to jump into this world of streaming esports with a little bit of that sort of like research context done and um I gave myself 18 months. At the time mm-hmm. I was uh I was working, you know, a lot of different jobs doing a lot of different things and I just I was like, look, quit it all buy some equipment. I had my music equipment left over. Some audio situation was fine. I needed a camera word. You know, I was pretty poor. And so we just kind of made it happen. And 
I, 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 I went into a little bit of like debt. I was like, all right, 18 months, quit your job. If at the end of it, you didn't do it. You try, dude. I, I have right. a tattoo. You got to jump in to swim. Yep. And so that's what I did. And I started off with a morning radio show. I took my cue from sports radio. I listened to a lot of sports radio. I took my cue from that. And I mm-hmm. 7 to 10, 7 to 10 a.m. every day, I was on Twitch Monday through Friday talking about esports, trad sports, philosophy in the intersection they're in. And, uh, Within like six to seven months, High Res Studios noticed me and kind of, you know, embraced me and had me commentate some weekend tournaments and, you know, snowballed from there. But that it was awesome. Yeah, it was like one art kind of transition to another. And like, you know, again, I will I will always say luck was an absolute big component. Do you think that you'll ever go back and and you know, kind of pursue music again at any point in time? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, my guitar is right there. I play it yes. all the time. It's just off screen, but I swear it's there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I still play my guitar. Um, and that was actually like, you know, that that's my catharsis. You know, I come home and I, and I play my guitar and there are some secret unlisted YouTube videos out there that, that I have, you know, tossed out on, on Twitter once upon a time. Uh, and, and, you know, so I've, I've done that, but that's basically my plan for, for 2023 getting involved in esports took a lot of personal investment. Your boy was real poor for real long. And now <laughs> I'm not saying like, listen, I'm certainly not rich and famous, but like, I was really, you know, I was absolutely, you know, paycheck to paycheck at best. Yeah. And now I, I just bought myself a new keyboard, um, a, a wonderful novation, and I I'm I'm jumping back in. Like it, it's it's I, I this is gonna feel free to roll your eyes, but like I'm I'm an artist, I'm a musician, and I will be forever. the The way I commentate esports has a rhythm to it. Like right. my play by play is art, and I draw from my history as a musician i i think a lot of what i do both performance and otherwise is me as a musician and and uh you know it's it's one of those things it's you know i don't even think the addict comparison is bad like once you're an addict you're always even if you're in the 12-step program once you're Mm -hmm. a musician you are always a musician you see the world differently as a musician and uh, like I said, I get really faux philosophical and in the cr- in the clouds. So feel free to roll your eyes, but it is something that I I very very do uh, fiercely believe. And so you know, am I picking it back up or am I just turning the volume up a little bit? Yeah, who's to say? That's awesome. Yeah, you you said that you you were giving yourself eighteen months. Uh, what was the bar for success that you had to meet in your mind and? Let's play a little bit of uh, alternate history here. Had you not met that, what do you think you'd be doing today? Eat. That was the goal. Just be able to eat. <laughs> you know, I uh, I have, I am, I am 
absolutely blessed to have the uh, everybody should be jealous because i have the best mom in the world and that's just fact (laughs) she supported me every way every step of the way and if she didn't i don't know dog so (laughs) i was lucky enough to be able to live with her out uh on long island while i kind of jumped into this endeavor and so you know i was like giving her 50 bucks a month for my cell phone bill. Like I really wasn't contributing anything to any, anything. And so that was my barrier of success. Listen, very realistically, we live in a capitalist society. You better be able to pay your bills or see you later. So that was, you know, that was my goal. However, that may have come. I would have been open to being a content creator with advertisement on my stream. I would have been happy getting a, a a full-time job, which is what wound up happening. I would have been happy becoming a freelance commentator. I didn't know that that was a thing at the time, but knowing that now, and re- I would have been happy with that. I would have been happy with anything, and and I would have tried other stuff if esports fit. Anything that allows me to pursue my passion, pay my bills, and pay it forward a little bit is, was, my, was my checklist. Can I eat? Can I bring the homies with me? Can I help my mom out? That was that that that's my checklist if you know this is entertainment i'm not i'm not i'm not stupid it might all go away tomorrow if mm-hmm. it does i'm not necessarily applying to walmart dude i'm 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 gonna try some other artistic endeavor and try until it allows me to pay rent help the homies and pay it forward a bit like that is that is my 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 goal and the unfortunate you know the it, it is my uh let's say my um my compromise goal, if we do have to live in a world dictated by money, then that is my my bars. That, that's what I want to do with my money. So as long as I have something coming in that I can achieve those goals, then that is what success means to me realistically. You know? If it wasn't for esports, what would I be doing? <sighs> I mean... <laughs> I didn't think I'd be doing this. Uh, So, I mean, real talk, I think stuff would have been pretty bad, but I think I would have been able to, you know, kick flip out and land with a friend. I have a couple of successful friends doing art and just sort of like, you know, ask for a job behind the scenes i'd probably wind up as an engineer or something um i have some like you know i went to i went to art school studied music production i'd probably be like i'd probably wind up doing some sort of like audio editing in the industry whether that's film music or otherwise I love or it. just working retail because none of my dreams worked out, but you know. <laughs> Re- jokes aside, working retail and playing open mics in Queens, New York is probably very realistic. Like, I think I'd have a dead-end job and not care because I would be a regular Thursday night guitar player at Who Gives a Crap Bar somewhere, right. you know, in, in, in Ozone Park or something. Uh, and I would be happy as a pig in mud just to have my own little world with people that enjoy what I do. And, you know, I'm I'm not really uh, – I like nice things, but I'm not really – I don't need to be, you know, ultra rich. I just need to enjoy the smell. Absolutely. And, and 
couldn't end on better words. Thomas, thank you again so much for coming on. Before we get to your socials, real quick, I have to I have to bring it up, and I'll bring it up. I I went to to your Twitter, and and uh, I I was met with account suspended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yup, that's me. <laughs> A lot of people not suspended right now. <laughs> I was like, I got to ask him. I've got to ask him if this is really him because that is hilarious. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely me. Listen, I, I uh, you know, I got a big mouth and I do not shy away. I'm very proud of my big mouth, especially because I have a platform. I believe in being very responsible particular with your platform i do not shame my colleagues out there silence is violence to a certain extent but i do not shame my colleagues out there that want to protect their brand or whatever that's not me i have the audacity to defend black and trans rights and that got me suspended from the twitter platform and i do it again so there it oh is well. yep Follow it, follow it anyway, because I'm sure uh, at some point in time they'll get that stuff squared away and whatnot. But you're also doing other things too. Lay it on us, brother. Uh, throw the the. I know you've got your Twitch, uh, Instagram. You're all over the place. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I do a whole bunch of different stuff all around esports, and I've been getting involved in the music scene as well. Like I said, jumping back in. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm f dot ny on IG. And my Twitch, I boot up. I love my Twitch. You should absolutely come through. It's twitch.tv slash fswag. I just vibe out. We don't save the VODs. We chat about news. We chat about politics. We chat about games. We chat about music. Everybody is somebody in my chat. It's wholesome, but really, I'm just a piano man. Put some bread in my jar and let's break it down and have a good time. And so I really love inviting people to the to the Twitch. It is not where I make my money. So just come through and vibe. It's, it's a lot of fun. Outside of that, in the world of esports, I do the esports awards. I do a lot with the Snapdragon Pro Series on the voice of a lot of the different mobile games that we play out there. And I'm whatever you want me to be for the right price. You guys know my emails. So <laughs> you can email my agent at F at CSA.GG. I'm available for birthdays and more mitzvahs. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Thank you again so much for being yes, on the show, you. my friend. We appreciate it. Real talk. Thank you. Uh, stuff like this is, is, is super sick. I, I love what you guys do and I'm excited to come visit your city and uh, hopefully see you in, in about a month. Yes. Absolutely. We will be there, my friend. Lucas, uh, hopefully, I'm hoping this weekend that they get the bugs fixed for Scarlet and Violet and you're able to pick it up and, and play it. What do you got planned, my friend? I, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to say that this will be the weekend that, that I can yes. play it. It'll be yes. more playable and I can enjoy it. It is killing me not to have it, by the way. <laughs> like it, I, it was shocking that it was shocking when you're when you're talking about it earlier and not having it. I was like, ooh, just get it. Ooh, it's, it's just fun. it's just <laughs> the series that I cannot I cannot sully its its standing in my mind. Like it it will not happen. I'm still on a high that Ash finally is a champion. <laughs> so yeah. I'll let that I'll let that carry me uh ash has finally done what every employer wants they want you to be 10 years old with 25 years of experience so it's finally <laughs> he's finally living the dream <laughs> uh, yes. 
<laughs> but no, spending time with with uh, the my parents this weekend uh, for the holiday weekend and and just just overall yes. relaxing. What about you, Ryan? What do you got going on? Uh, same dude, uh, chilling. We'll be gobble gobbling on Thursday, and not much. I'm trying to get back into. I've I played a little bit. Uh, this is the last uh, Iron Banner for the season, so I'm trying to grind that out super quick uh, while I still have got time. And then I don't really know. I've been super. I, you know, I've been hard on uh, Overwatch two, grinding that out, playing a lot of competitive, and then of course I'm trying to grind through uh, Ragnarok, out of War Ragnarok, uh, because Davis and I plan on doing a spoiler cast uh, for that game as well so look for that in the future but we hope you guys have a fantastic this coming up week thank you guys again so much for listening don't forget hit us up on the tweeters at land parties pod at lucas Hagen or at smitty 2447 again we hope you guys have an amazing weekend and you know what it is we love your faces 